0: Hello and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm your host, Moni. I hope this storytelling account of history and the biblical covenants is of help to you. I know we all have questions when it comes to life. When I was young, I was the oldest of five children. My youngest little sister was filled with so many questions as she grew, but the first question out of her mouth was always, Why? Why? Not just that, but why? But why? But why? Yeah, it gets a little unnerving, but it taught me patience. It also helped me understand that inquisitive nature. So here we go again, as I attempt to answer some of the background info to the why questions to give us a better understanding of why God did what he did. Of course, we won't know at all this side of heaven, but I hope it's a good start to get you digging into the biblical covenants on your own. The last time we got together and looked at the covenants, Noah and his family were fresh off the boat. Okay, a really big boat. Okay, it was an ark. After exiting the vehicle... God had instructed the family once again with one direction being repeated, which was for them to be fruitful and multiply, for the entire earth needed repopulating. The smell of a good barbecue was still wafting in the air, including the fat from the animals that were given to God in sacrifice by Noah on the altar, revealing an obedient heart with the rainbow overhead as a symbol of the unconditional covenant between God and mankind and all the animals. God promised he would not flood the entire earth again. After establishing the family in the last covenant between himself and Adam, God has now established government for mankind through the covenant with Noah. This covenant will remain in effect as long as there are rainbows. It does my heart good when I see a gorgeous double rainbow in the sky after a storm here in North Idaho. If you have any pictures of one in your area, I would love, I would love it if you would share it with me. You can share them on Moments with Moni Facebook page. And let's remind each other of this promise from God. Okay, back to our story. Well, the beauty of the fresh new earth didn't last that long. Fresh off the boat, Noah decided to be a farmer and planted a vineyard. Yes, I realize there is passage of time, but in the very next verse, Noah drank that wine, and you guessed it, Noah got drunk. Evidently, there was a scandal that went on inside the tent, for the Bible reads, Noah drank of the wine and was drunken, and had it happened today, Ham would have been considered a journalist wanting to make headlines with a scandalous story. Some say there may have been more going on, but many scholars believe that the scene was just what it was, as written, which you can read in Genesis Do you remember after Adam and Eve sinned and made clothing for themselves out of fig leaves? The timeline from this antediluvian age to the last days before the coming of Christ may make this moment look like no big deal. But remember the standard of this world by the one who created it and all that is in it rises above such lewdness. After Noah awoke from his drunkenness, it says that he knew what had happened to him. I used to think that Noah just yelled at his son because he was mad at him. However, the Bible paints a different picture. Noah was now in his right mind, and since he was the head of the family and now the head governing member of society, he has proclaimed blessing and cursing in this instance. The guilty party is now proclaimed a servant to the other two sons, one of whom receives a spiritual blessing and the other a temporal one. We also read in this account of history that Noah lived another 350 years after the flood and then he died. As the Bible continues, descendants of these three sons are mentioned. It looks like a dry read of names at first if you open your Bible to read them. But if you dig into the meaning of these names and catch a bit of history that is thrown in with them, it actually reveals a lot. But that is for another story. Our main takeaway for the Covenant series is that the earth was being repopulated rather well. All of these people were the families of Noah's generations and the nations came out of these three sons families so what happens when you get together a lot of people who want to do things their own way well since they all spoke the same language they got together in their pretentious pride and decided to not scatter across the earth and fill it but to build a tower that reached all the way to heaven. Pride and arrogance is strong and well in the hearts of mankind once again. You know, as a mom, I get the picture of a toddler who wants out of the playpen so they can get back into the forbidden cookie jar, maybe even skip the jar altogether and go straight for the hot cookie sheet coming out of the oven. Why stop at one when you can have the whole batch? Mom would gently pick up the toddler and put them back in the playpen and distract the little one with a toy or a book. It makes me laugh when I think of God talking amongst himself saying, Watch this. Let us confuse them with different languages. There are some that would think, Oh, that God... He never lets me do what I want to do. Yet, if we look at it from God's point of view, he is putting them safely back into the playpen so that the whole human race won't all get themselves into danger once more. It's all in our perspective, isn't it? It was during this time that the lifespan of humans was steadily shortening and Abram steps onto the page, Of world history. This page of history was during the patriarchal society, and Abram was married to Sarah, who was barren. She had no child. Childlessness in a society like this was considered a curse. However, these two loved each other very much. The lifestyle of people at that time was filled with little pocket gods, graven images of false gods that people worshipped instead of the one true God. It was at this time that God called to Abram and told him to get out of the country he was in and directed Abram out of Ur of the Chaldeans. God said, Leave your land, your relatives, and your father's house, and go to the land that I'm going to show you. I will make a great nation of your descendants. I'll bless you. I'll make your reputation great, so that you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you, and curse the ones who curse you. And through you, all the people of the earth will be blessed. Abram had a choice at that moment. Would he take the Lord at his word or would he think it was just a bit of undigested beef that kept him up at night with heartburn? Well, guess what? Abram did as the Lord directed and left Ur of the Chaldeans after his father died. But he did take his nephew Lot with him and of course his wife Sarah and all their possessions and the servants and they set out For Canaan. Can you imagine packing up and leaving everything you know and love behind without even knowing where you were headed? I remember when my husband couldn't get work when we lived in Northern California and he was offered three jobs in North Idaho. He went on ahead to secure lodgings and connect with the employer and came back for the family. and the boys were in the U-Haul truck ahead of me, and I followed them up in the car. It took us a few days, but as we came down out of the big city in the neighboring state of Washington, it was nearly dusk. As we continued to drive, it got darker and darker, until we met new friends that helped us unpack the truck that night in the dark. It wasn't until the next morning, when I ventured out for some breakfast to bring back to the guys, that I saw the beauty of the forests all around me. Praising God for the place he had brought me to, sight unseen. Trust is such a little word that requires a really big heart. For Abram and Sarah, trust encompassed more than just a move. God promised the land he brought them into, to his descendants. So Abram built an altar to worship God, and he continued on into Egypt because there was a famine in the land. While in Egypt, God tells us a story of how Abram lied to the Pharaoh about his wife Sarah, for he knew she was a beautiful woman and was afraid Abram would be killed by the Pharaoh and she would be taken away from him. But God revealed this lie by afflicting Pharaoh and his household with severe plagues. Pharaoh called Abram out and sent him and Sarah out of the country along with many sheep, oxen, donkeys, servants, and camels. It's pretty bad when someone who does not even believe in the same God you do calls you out on a lie. By this story, we can see that Abram was a sinner. He lied to save his own skin, even though he put his wife in danger. And yet, God chose Abram to make the next covenant with. Abram's response to God was in faith regarding this covenant. As time passed, Abram began to wonder how the promise that God had made to him would come to be. Abram waited a long time for this promise to come true, but God knows that we need reminding now and then, which is a perfectly painted picture for us today when we read Hebrews chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who, who through faith and patience inherit the promises. God didn't just tell Abram of the promise again, but gave him an illustration. God had Abram look up at the night sky and pointing out that Abram's physical descendants would be as innumerable as the stars in the sky. Through Abram's actual flesh and blood child, And that the land that God shows Abram will be the land that his descendants will inherit. And one of these descendants is called the bright and morning star. You can find that in Revelation chapter 22. Then Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted it to Abram as righteousness. Or we could say that God credited faith to Abram's account as righteousness. Abram was still a sinner, like you and I, but just as someone today looks back at the finished work of Jesus on the cross and Abram looked forward to God's promise, we are counted as righteous before God. That's a pretty big promise. And I think I would have questions, and yes, Abram asked God, how will I know or how will I be able to show the nation's What you have told me. This is where the making of a covenant comes in. We discussed this in a previous episode, but in review, God asked Abram to prepare animals for a covenant ceremony, which Abram did. And then a deep sleep fell over Abram. A burning torch passed between the sacrificial animal pieces. Usually, both parties of a covenant would pass through together in a figure eight, which also signified eternity. But in this case, it was God who took full responsibility of this covenant and passed through alone after Abram fell asleep. It would be another 14 years after this ceremony that the Lord would appear to Abram again. Have you ever lost sight of a promise that you know God made to you? Have you ever gone on your merry way, trying to do life on your own, thinking you are honoring God, but really, you are walking in the flesh? Walking all alone down a dark alley with a light at the end that might be a train. Well, Abram and Sarah were doing just that. Instead of walking with God, they stepped ahead of him and took matters into their own hands to try and fulfill the covenant promise that they knew was theirs. Sarah came up with a plan, which was common in those days when it came to infertility. You see, it was considered a curse to be childless in those days, and Sarah and Abram were both getting up there in age near a hundred years old. In those days, to ensure a child, an heir to the childless couples, the wife's handmaiden would, as we would say today, be a surrogate mother for the couple. Just as Adam and Eve focused on the fruit rather than on God and took matters into their own hands, so did Abram and Sarah. Along with this came consequences that we live through and will continue to live through until the end of time. The child that came from the union of Abram and Sarah's handmaiden, Hagar, the Egyptian, was named Ishmael. Even though Sarah wanted this child, Hagar now despised Sarah. Then Sarah quickly blamed it on Abram, and then Abram threw it back at Sarah, saying, paraphrased like this, of course, Hey, she's not my handmaid. You do what you want with her. My husband and I were just watching a program about spotting liars a few weeks ago, and it strikes me as a similar scene here. First, the blame game and tossing the blame back, but also no admission of guilt. Just do what you want with her. Hey, it's not my problem. You deal with her. So Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar so harshly that Hagar ran away. But an angel of the Lord told Hagar that she must go back to Sarah and submit to her authority. Again, we don't know how much time has passed, but in the very next verse of the historical account of the Bible, God announces to Abram that, I am God Almighty. Live in constant awareness that I am always with you and be blameless, so that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. God speaks, and on his face Abram goes, as God continues, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you, throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you, and to your offspring after you. I will give to you and your offspring after you the land to which you have traveled, all the land of Canaan, as an eternal possession. I will be their God. God continued to speak to Abraham after changing his name from Abram to Abraham. You and your descendants who are born in the future are to keep my covenant. That is you and your descendants, generation after generation. Commentators believe that undoubtedly this is another appearance of God in the person of Jesus, a Christophany, who took on a temporary human appearance before his incarnation on earth. God revealed himself to Abram as El Shaddai, the God who pours out blessings richly, abundantly, continually. God made it clear to Abram, what he expects of him. The word blameless means whole. God expects Abram to give himself wholly to God, a complete commitment. Even though it had been many years since the promise was first made to Abram, God didn't forget anything. As we walk through this world, waiting for God to make good on his promises, Does it build our faith or does it cause us to mock God's seemingly forgetfulness? Mockers have reminded us many times during these last days before Jesus' return for his bride that, oh, it's been more than 2,000 years already and your God hasn't turned up for you yet. Just give it up. Forget it. Should there be a momentary lack of faith, of doubt on my part? It's time for me to fall on my face and spend time with the one who loves me, with God Almighty who reminds me of his faithfulness as I look back over the altars that have been erected in my own heart when God has taken me by the hand and walked me over the river and through the woods not to grandmother's house, but to a place of deeper trust and faith in him. And just like God changed Abram's name, he promised to give me a new name as an overcomer in him. Right now, as we walk with our Lord, he calls us saints, righteous, ambassadors, the chosen, a royal priesthood. Children of God and beloved, and each one of those will be fulfilled by God through God in us. Abram and Sarah threw a wrench into the plans of God, but once again, God knows the beginning from the ending of time, and He knows what our choices will be, which is another reason for the making of this covenant. Rather than just the official offspring of God's covenant with Abram, there is now another son that will create another nation. The lives of these two sons and their descendants are still at war today. If it weren't for the Son of God himself, that promised bright and morning star, there would be no end to the war of the nations that came out of mankind once again choosing to do life on their own terms rather than the perfect plans of God. There is just so much more to unpack in this covenant and the lives of Abraham and his two sons, but we will have to take another look at the rest of the story next time. Don't forget to stop by the Moments with Moni Facebook page and post a reminder of God's covenant with Noah and all of us that beautiful rainbow. If you've enjoyed Moments with Moni, please share it with a friend, neighbor, or family member. Thanks so much for listening to Moments with Moni. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please share it with a friend and subscribe by sending the phrase, subscribe to Moni's tribe, along with your email address to the number one seven zero three. That's subscribe to Moni's Tribe along with your email address to the number 1-703-951-3077. You'll find this information in the show notes. Thanks for listening.